Welcome to Family Law Talk. Family Law Talk. Presented by Kirk Stangy of Stangy Law Firm, PC. With offices in the Midwest. Stangy Law Firm is a family law firm. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stangy. Welcome to Family Law Talk. We have a great episode today. The title of the episode is Body Language in Court. And this is based on an article on our blog, FamilyLawHeadquarters.com, dated June 20th, 2020. And the title of that article is Body Language Matters in the Family Court. So as a follow-up to the episode today, go on over to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com and check out that article. But let's go ahead and jump into the topic itself, which is this, which is the divorce and family court parties often are going through a lot, right? There's a lot of moving parts at play. Uh, for lots of individuals, they might feel like their whole life is hanging in the balance. And really, literally, it probably is in a lot of ways. And this can cause parties to be emotional. It can cause parties to be stressed. And for many, it can feel like an eternity in terms of how long it takes to have their case heard, in terms of how long it takes to have their case tried if the case can't settle. And so this causes lots of parties to become very, very stressed. Uh, they become stressed, they become nervous, they become anxious or even frustrated. And the reality is all of this can really culminate in bad body language in the courtroom for some parties. And so b- bad body language can really come out in all sorts of ways and none of it is really helpful. It might involve frowning. It could be an individual becomes fidgety in court. Uh, they could slouch. Uh, some individuals might react negatively when they hear something in court that they don't like. Uh, maybe some other party's testifying and they disagree with that testimony. Maybe the judge is talking and they don't like what the judge has to say. Or maybe it's another attorney who's saying something in court and it causes a party maybe to moan. In some instances, they might gasp. Uh, some individuals can take it even further. They might throw up their hands. Uh, they might begin to fidget in their chairs. Uh, Some individuals, what they end up doing when they're in court and they're upset with what's happening, they might pass notes to their lawyer. They might do it in a furious manner because they're trying to get their lawyer's attention about something. And look, all of this is very understandable in a lot of ways. Obviously, individuals going through divorce or family law matter are stressed out. And again, uh, their whole life is hanging in the balance. And so it makes sense that they're upset or angry or nervous or you name it. But the truth of the matter is the bad body language uh, can be seen by the judge. And judges sometimes um, uh, can can really read into that body language. It might uh, impact their view of an individual. And so take a case where maybe child custody is at issue and they see an ind- individual being angry or they see somebody being upset. Um, it can have an effect and it can have an impact. And sometimes the judge might look at it and think it's just disrespectful. You know, it's not polite uh, to the other party who's testifying uh, for them to be getting upset or uh, getting angry. And so a judge might not like it and take situations where in a divorce, let's say, uh, the other spouse says things like, my spouse gets upset and they get angry. And at times they don't let me talk. And right. And so then when a judge sees the bad body language in the courtroom, oftentimes it can serve as really a reinforcer to what the other party's saying. And so, look, it is difficult. It is hard to be in a courtroom, particularly for somebody that's not used to it. 
Uh, but what individuals really need to do is really be cognizant of body language, how it can impact a case, and then, then they really need to think long and hard uh, in advance about what they're going to do in order to put themselves in a place uh, where they're at peace in terms of what's happening in the courtroom and they're trying uh, best they can uh, to sit stone-faced at all times, which is a really good uh, tip for most individuals who are going to be in a courtroom. S uh, stay stone-faced. It could be a situation where the judge is saying something that uh, you even like. Um, stay stone-faced. Don't react to it. And then on the flip end, if the judge or somebody else is saying something uh, that you don't like on the flip end, stay stone-faced. Uh, don't react in the courtroom. Uh, for lots of individuals, uh, even the way they sit um, uh, uh, can make a big impact uh, in terms of the case itself. So sitting in a chair with good posture uh, can show confidence. It can show a sense of calm uh, for individuals uh, who are in a courtroom. So sit up, have good posture, uh, stay stone-faced. Some individuals might need to think about something else when they're in the courtroom. Uh, can be a good rule of thumb. Like go to your happy place, wherever that happy place is. Uh, picture yourself there, and and tune out uh, the stress, the anxiety, whatever it might be. And so, some individuals leading up to a court date, right? They might need to meditate, uh, maybe uh, maybe pray, uh, maybe engaging in breathing techniques. Again, focusing on something else can be very beneficial while waiting or sitting in the courtroom, right? I mean, obviously if the judge is asking you questions and you're testifying, you can't do that. But if it's a point uh, where there's a break in the courtroom or maybe something's going on and you're not really an active participant in, in the situation at that moment, really tuning it out, uh, going to a happy place and trying for most individuals to really display a positive demeanor at all times. Uh, can be very, very uh, important for individuals going through a divorce or family law matter. And so, you know, what happens uh, if you're in that courtroom and you're trying to do all of that, but it's just becoming too much? Look, for some individuals, it can be too much, particularly um, when there's that testimony that is hurtful. Uh, maybe somebody's saying something that you just think is flat out wrong, it's not true, or you think it's embellished. And, and it gets to a point to where you're having a difficult time uh, remaining silent and being calm. Uh, for a lot of individuals, look, uh, if you're able to, this could be a good time. Uh, if court is not in session, to, to take a walk, right? Sometimes getting up and walking, uh, maybe going outside, taking a break uh, can be useful. Again, when, when court is not in session, when you are not needed, uh, some individuals, you might need to go to the water fountain or the restroom, uh, take a break. Uh, for some individuals, it could be a situation where you bring a book with you, uh, a happy book, a relaxing book, and when, it, and, and when it's really in between time when you're needed, maybe reading that book and, and focusing on that as well uh, can be very useful because at the end of the day, body language can make a big difference. Uh, judges ultimately in deciding a divorce or family law matter, what they get to do is weigh the evidence. And in weighing the evidence, they then apply the law to that evidence in terms of making their determinations in terms of the issues at stake from the divorce itself, from property and debt division in a divorce, from custody, from child support, from spousal maintenance, and certainly in other types of family law matters, there can be other issues at play, but the judge has to apply the evidence 
uh, to the law. But, but where this gets really thorny for a lot of individuals is this, which is a judge in a family law matter is typically like a jury. So a judge has the ability to believe witnesses, uh, to disbelieve witnesses, uh, to find somebody credible, uh, to find somebody not credible. And, and ultimately, the body language can make a big impression with a lot of judges and can really impact how they view the evidence in terms of how they view the testimony. Oftentimes, it's not simply what somebody says. It, it is ultimately that body language that goes with it as well. And so for individuals going through divorce or family law matter, be very, very careful with body language. Uh, be very, very cognizant of it. Uh, for a lot of individuals, it's important to sit down, talk with your attorney. If uh, you're concerned about this, if this is going to be difficult for you, you know, maybe there's trigger points. Uh, maybe it's a circumstance where if a certain person shows up to court with the other party, that might uh, be upsetting. And so having an open and candid conversation with your attorney about the trigger points, the points that might bring out the bad body language can be important. Uh, and certainly it could be a situation even with your testimony where there's just certain uh, parts of the testimony which are hard, which are painful, and which are difficult for you. And really being uh, open with your attorney about that can make a big, big difference as well in terms of maintaining good body language. So again, for individuals going through divorce or family law matter, if you're gonna be in court, right, there's lots of things uh, that matter from showing up on time, uh, from being dressed appropriately for court. And obviously, if you're gonna testify, you wanna testify truthfully and accurately. Uh, all of this is important. Uh, but that other piece, that other uh, thing that's out there that lots of individuals forget about is that body language. And so keep that uh, body language in check best you can. Uh, definitely uh, spend some time contemplating on it uh, to make sure you put your best foot forward when you're in that courtroom. So again, the topic is body language. As a follow-up to the episode today, go on over to familylawheadquarters.com. Check out the article titled Body Language Matters in the Family Court. It's dated June 20th, 2020. would be definitely good for you to check up as a follow-up to the episode today. So thanks for tuning in to Family Law Talk. Stay tuned to our next episode coming up. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stange. Visit StangeLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stange Law Firm to work for your family today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri or Illinois reviews or approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The information you obtain on this podcast is not, nor is it intended to be legal advice. You should contact an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established. And finally, past results afford no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Kirk Stang is responsible for the content. Principal Place of Business, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450, Clayton, Missouri, 63105.